G'day everyone, this is Lisa Tester and another episode of Surviving the Legal System with a Psychopath in Australia. Today's topic is about financial disclosure. Now this is a problem for many, many people. They go through proceedings and your ex, they just don't cough it up. Now there's a lot of furfies out there Solicitors will tell you something like, well, you'll get an extra 10 to 15 percent in the in in the judgment if you don't if they don't provide you with um, their information. There's a lot of stuff that that solicitors hold as truth that isn't real. Now, I bear in mind I'm not a lawyer, right? And I'm not I'm not giving anyone legal advice here. I'm just giving you the benefit of my quite extensive interactions in the legal system at trial, okay? I've seen cases won and lost over and over and over again. And never, never have I seen a case where a judge went, righto, righto, Mr X or... Ms. X, um, you haven't given any any disclosure documents until the night before the trial. So therefore, we're going to make you give an extra 10 to 15% to the other side. How about that? How about them apples? Just doesn't happen. Um, has to. It would have to be the most egregious um, non-disclosure events that would even come close to being something like that. So let's assume... Okay, let's go back to the reality of what financial disclosure actually means. Now, rather than give you my opinion, we're going to go to the family law rules. And this is rule 13.04. And I'm going to read you out what it says. You can find this on Osley, which is um, www.austli.edu.au. But we'll put these details in the description of this episode so you'll find it. So, Family Law Rules 2004, Rule 1304 states Full and Frank Disclosure, Part 1. A party to a financial case must make full and frank disclosure of the party's financial circumstances, including A, the party's earnings, including income that is paid or assigned to another party, person or legal entity, B, any vested or contingent interest in property, C, any vested or contingent interest in property owned by a legal entity that is fully or partially owned or controlled by a party. D, any income earned by a legal entity fully or partially owned or controlled by a party, including income that is paid or assigned to any other party, person or legal entity. E, the party's other financial resources. F, any trust that of which the party is the appointor or trustee of which the party, the party's child, spouse or de facto spouse is an eligible beneficiary as to capital or income. Furthermore, with the trust, 
anything of which a corporation is an eligible beneficiary as to capital or income if the party or the party's child, spouse or de facto spouse is a shareholder or direct hold, director of the corporation. Furthermore, with the trust over which the party has any direct or indirect power or control, of which the party has the direct or indirect power to remove or appoint a trustee, of which a party has the power, whether subject to the concurrence of another person or not, to amend the terms, of which the party has the power to disapprove a proposed amendment of the terms or the appointment or removal of a trustee, or over which a corporation has a power mentioned in any of the subparagraphs 4 to 7, if the party, the party's child, spouse, or de facto spouse, is a director or shareholder of the corporation. Um, and then you must disclose any disposal of property, whether by sale or transfer, assignment or gift, made by the party, a legal entity mentioned in paragraph C, a corporation or a trust mentioned in paragraph F, that may affect, defeat or deplete a claim. And under that, and under um, subparagraph G, about disposal of property, um, it states that this, um, in the 12 months immediately before the separation of the parties, so that's the period about disclosing disposal of property, or since the final separation of the parties, and then you have to, and then part H, um, you have to disclose liabilities and contingent liabilities. Then part two of Family Law Rule 13.04 says, Paragraph 1G, which is about the disposal of property, does not apply to a disposal of property made with the consent or knowledge of the other party or in the ordinary course of business. And then part 3 um, says, in this rule, legal entity means a corporation other than a public company, trust, partnership, joint venture business or other commercial activity. And then there's a note. The requirements in this rule are in addition to the requirements in Rules 12.02 and 12.05 to exchange certain documents before a conference in a property case. So what does that all mean? Because I've just read a whole lot of mumbo-jumbo, haven't I? So what that means is you have to provide everything. You have to give till it hurts. You have to hemorrhage financial documents. It will only harm your case when you get to trial and are in the witness box facing a barrage of questions about why you, whether you are victim, psychopath or just garden variety asshole, why you failed to deliberately comply with the full and frank obligations to do disclosure in family law property proceedings. Now, that's in spousal or property or maintenance, um, whatever you want to call it. Anything to do with property and financials requires every party to give full and frank financial disclosure. Now, that usually means in most cases around three to five years worth of tax returns, maybe pay slips, superannuation documents, got to provide all of your superannuation um, statements so that because superannuation forms part of the asset pool. Um, 
you should provide um, health insurance statements. You should provide, or if you run a business, the tax returns for the business, the tax returns for you personally and individually. You need to, you should declare any interests in property. You should de- you should declare and hand over anything re- involving trusts. The people think that family law that you can defeat a claim for property settlement or spousal maintenance simply by hiding your assets behind a freaking paywall like a trust. Right? People think that if you park assets somewhere else that they won't be found or they won't be included. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is just horseshit. Anyone who tells you that you can hide property in a trust or you can hide it somewhere that, you know, the tax office may know about it, but you think it's hidden from the family court, well, you're in for a very nasty ride because in family law, they can look at everything. They can pull away the veil of secrecy that you and your family hide behind with family trusts. They can do whatever the fuck they want and look at whatever the fuck they want to because the normal rules of evidence do not apply in family law proceedings. So any, anyone who tells you that you can hide stuff or you can make arrangements to keep property or keep assets out of the um, family court arena, you are just kidding yourself. This is, an, is a jurisdiction where while the rules of evidence don't apply, if you get a forensically astute party who has access to forensic accountants or who can um, who can unpack your very very secretive life, you're fucked. Right? I don't care whether you're the victim or the psychopath. If you think that you can hide stuff from the court, you're fucked because sooner or later it'll be found. Might not be the might not be the other side who finds it, but most times it comes out. You won't be able to help yourself in the witness box. They won't be able to help themselves. They'll be too smart or I don't know. You'll engage someone like me who'll hunt down the evidence who will review the brief, who will review everything that you've put before the court and then I'll interview people. I'll interview your ex. You know, if you engage me, I hunt down the evidence that your ex doesn't want you to find. So I know what I'm talking about here because that's what I do. I hunt down the evidence that your ex doesn't want to disclose. And I do it using all sorts of quite um, legally available means. It's all public, all freely publicly available. But lots of people think that they can hide behind companies, trusts, and you can't. You've just got to be honest. You can be honest and open. You must 
You must have that approach. These assholes who think that it's okay to give you their financials the night before a trial, they are, they, they're just dreadful. But that's the kind of person that you're dealing with if you're listening to this podcast, isn't it? You're dealing with the psychopathic cunt who hasn't handed over their documents yet. You're dealing with the kind of behaviours that have patterns. And if you haven't worked it out yet, I see those patterns. And those patterns, they're not, they're not readily evident to family lawyers because family lawyers are civil. They don't do criminal. So they don't think about these things in terms of how am I going to catch this person in the witness box? How am I going to create a defence? Because what you're dealing with as a victim of a psychopath like this, you're dealing with a criminal case. The courts won't say that. Your lawyer won't say it. No one will say it in family law because everyone thinks I'm, I'm an idiot. Everyone thinks that I don't know what I'm talking about. But here's the thing. You have an ex who has convinced everyone to their position, right? It's pretty standard. I mean, you could write, an oper- you could write a standard operating manual about this because it's pretty standard procedure. You are the victim you are, you are rabid with fear and worry about their lack of financial disclosure and you're making a big song and dance about it as you rightly should because this is a failing in the legal system in Australia. In family law, we have all of these consequences that, pla- that, are, that are trotted out. They're like platitudes. But no one... No one rarely suffers a consequence for a lack of financial disclosure. So you're you're trying to be, you're trying to mount a defence to this kind of behaviour where everything they do is seen as calm and reasonable, rational. They're just a normal, everyday good person caught in the maelstrom of this emotional virago who happens to be their ex. See how bad they are, Your Honour? See how bad they are, Mr or Mrs Family Report Writer? Do you get it? You're the one defending your very normal behaviours and reactions in a jurisdiction that doesn't want to really see it because in property proceedings, they're, well, in family law in, at all, it's a no-fault jurisdiction, but sure doesn't feel that way, does it? Because it's a fucking adversarial one. So while they may say that this is a no-fault jurisdiction when it comes to divorce and property and all of that, it sure as hell doesn't live it day after day after day. It is a blame game. It is a he said, she said contest. It's adversarial. It's affidavits at 20 paces. If it were the 18th century, you'd be all out dueling. But here we are in a make-believe world of no fault while actually 
going through a fault-based system where we are all judged and categorized. Victims, losers, victims, perpetrators. If you are, if you have the bad misfortune to have a really shitty lawyer or a shitty legal team and you're the victim, you might just as well turn over, bend over, kiss your ass and wave goodbye to your assets. Because a bad legal, bad legal representation in the face of a smooth psychopath who doesn't provide their financials, that'll be likely to see you homeless, destitute and losing everything. I should know. I'm, I think I'm the queen of that one. But, you know, that's another story for another day. Full and frank financial disclosure is an obligation imposed by the courts on all parties in financial proceedings. If you do not do it, then you are as bad as everyone else who doesn't do it. So my my very strong opinion is that as a victim, you should take the high road. You should take always the moral ethical and legal high road in your case. If the court orders you to do something, do it. If the court rules say you should do something by a certain time, do it. Do not rely on the other side to do and comply. That will send you crazy. You just comply with what you have to do and hang the rest because their lack of financial disclosure will be a benefit to you in the trial if you know how to manage it. So you're not going to learn how to manage it in this podcast, but it's a bit of an eye-opener and it will give you some insight into why it matters. People who don't provide their full and frank disclosure, um, they tend to become uh, less credible witnesses their answers about why they didn't provide it. They tend to fall on pretty deaf ears. The judge weighs all of it up. The judge doesn't have a rule book that says, well, they're going to get 10 to 15% extra because they were just um, a victim. That doesn't happen because it's a no-fault jurisdiction, remember? So even though you know you're in the wars, It's a no-fault jurisdiction. So you've got to play with a straight bat. Doesn't mean you have to give everything up, but you have to be, you have to be the party maintaining the higher standards. You have to give till it hurts. You have to be the epitome of full and frank financial disclosure. But you don't have to give too much. You don't have to give more than you need to. But rule of thumb is three years. If you're not sure, give five. If it's a really shitty, toxic, complex, convoluted, complicated financial history, you just keep giving. These are... these are one of the hardest things for people to do because it feels like an, a huge invasion of privacy because you know that the other side, they're going to trawl through your spending habits. They're going to try and call you um, 
a mismanager of money. They're going to try and say that you wasted money or that you controlled it or whatever, whatever they come up with. But taking the high road, sticking to the do the right thing, take the next right step, do the next right thing in this process that will keep you relatively on the good side of the judge because they will see that you've complied. They will note your full compliance with your obligations. But God God help you if you hide stuff. If you think, well, I'm only going to give this, I'm not going to give that. Do not do family law like your psychopath. Someone has to take the higher road and be the bigger person. And it is noted. These things are not unseen, even though it might feel like it. So full and frank financial disclosure. Let's recap. At least three years. Pretty much everyone should be sending their stuff by email. Anyone, any lawyer who tells you, I can only take it if you post it or you need to hand deliver it in this digital era, um, has, well, you should be able to email anything. There should be a facility, your lawyer should have a facility for, for allowing uploads of large documents or send them a USB stick. If someone needs you, but to save money, you can send them a hard copy of everything. Send them a digital copy and say, hard copy following in the mail and make sure you send two or three copies of everything so that they have a copy for the file, they have a copy for the court and they have a copy for your barrister. That'll save you money. That's why get a little printer, get a cheap little little brother laser printer or something, cost 130 bucks, um, and it'll run for years. You'll still be using that little printer a decade later, I guarantee you. Download your bank statements. Even if you haven't left yet, you should be keeping a copy of all of your bank statements online. Keep it in something like Dropbox or, or PayCloud or store it somewhere away from your home so that you can send it to anyone from anywhere, even if all you have is a phone or you have to go to the local library. So full and frank financial disclosure, it's a hard topic, but you have to get your head around it and be prepared because you need to be able to provide financial information if you file. So when you file an application in family law, you're required to file a financial statement and you're, you're required to list your assets and liabilities, your superannuation balances, your pay, your wages, your tax, everything. Be honest, be upfront, have it ready because that's the best place to be operating from, the higher moral, ethical and legal ground even if you are the victim, because they're 
lazy, shiftless, psychopathic ways won't see them through all the way. Some will, but there's patterns for a reason. So if you have any questions, fling me an email. You know what to do. Hop onto the website and uh, let's get ready for the next episode.